This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to bring you a message today entitled, In the Beginning, God. In the Beginning, God. God. And we're going to go, after we pray, to a verse that uh, I hope you won't have any trouble finding. It's Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. It's the first, first verse in your Bible. Amen. This is as Old Testament as it goes right here. Amen. All right. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Lord, I thank you that souls have been saved already in this house today. Lives have been changed. I thank you for what you have done for this house this week. Lord, I thank you for the blessing you've helped us accomplish and Father, I ask you now in Jesus' name that you'll speak in this word to us and help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It is my goal to share something with you today that you've never seen before. And I say that to people knowing that some of you grew up as I did as, uh, every day of your life almost in church. Some of you have, have served God for many, many years, but it's my goal to show you something that you have never seen before in the Scripture. We've been in a series here called Pillars. And pillars are the things that in your life that hold you up and uh, you, you don't think a whole lot about them, but you're thankful for them. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at, at, at one, two, three, four, five, six pillars right this moment that the people in the balcony should be very thankful for. Can I get an amen? Those pillars are holding up that balcony. And not only should you be thankful, but the people under the balcony should be more thankful. Amen. All right. That those pillars hold. See, the pillar holds. And we've been studying scriptures for the last four weeks that, that are those scriptures that you hear a lot, but hold. They keep you. And we started with the Lord's Prayer. We went from the Lord's Prayer, the 23rd Psalm. Last week, we went to John 3.16. And now this week, we come to the very first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Very significant verse. And I'm going to talk to you more about what God's taught me this week, but the very simplistic beginning there, that it all begins with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Now with that verse in mind, in the beginning, God, let's, I'm going to take you quickly to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse number 9. If you can get there quickly, that's fine. If not, let me read this to you and you can look it up later. But Ecclesiastes chapter number 1, verse number 9, reading from the easy to read version says this, all things continue the way they have been since the beginning. I want you to notice this. All things in the beginning, God, and all things continue as they have since the beginning. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit fast today because I want to give you a lot of information in a short period of time. But all things work together, uh, uh, have been working the way they are since the beginning. The beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Ecclesiastes says everything that's running has been running has, as it has since its beginning. So I want to give you a very simple principle that's going to be powerful for you to get this revelation that I want to give you today. This simple revelation that teaches us this, the beginning reveals the end. Let me say that again to you. The beginning reveals the end. Look at a neighbor around you and tell them the beginning reveals the end. Oh, you didn't have to sound excited when you did that. Come on, amen. I said the beginning reveals what? The end. Let's try it one more time. The beginning reveals the end. All right. Where a matter starts will determine where a matter ends. Here's something that I've learned. A lot of times in our lives, we end up in a lot of places, but the motivation that is behind that, the reason we began what we're doing, determines the, the way it's going to work out. 
The way that it begins is the way that it ends. And I'm going to show you in Scripture uh, and, and things I've never seen before that reveal this simple truth, that the beginning determines the end. I've been amazed at how we've looked at each one of these pillars, and I, I've shared this with you from week to week, of how that our faith is held on these things, and each one of these pillars have one unifying mark. They all begin with God. The very first week as we study the Lord's Prayer, our Father. The next week, the uh, 23rd Psalm, the Lord is. The next week, for God. So love the word, for God. And this week, in the beginning, God. All of the pillars of our faith begin with God. I don't think we should miss this, that all that is going to hold up who you are must begin with God. If you want to end up in a good place, you need to start in the right place because the beginning of the matter always determines the end of the matter. And if your beginning is with God, you're starting in the right place. Can I get an amen this morning? There is a tremendous power in the way that something begins. It does not mean that God can't take something that began wrong and do something great from humble beginnings, but the foundation of all things will be determined so much by uh, not the course, but by the beginning. The course is headed somewhere, and the where it is headed always is determined by where it began. Let me just give you scripture on that so you'll understand what I'm preaching this morning. Man is constantly trying to figure out uh, and predict the future. They're trying to figure out what's coming, what's going to happen. But when we find this in these pillars that the beginning determines the end, it gives us a glimpse of what our situation is going to turn out like. We see this truth over and over and over again in these scriptures, and, and, and I don't want to show you how simply it can be applied to almost every situation, but let's just pick today. Today, in, uh, we, stu- we, we celebrated a few weeks ago with the church world, but today in the Hebrew culture is the day of Pentecost. This weekend is Pentecost, and I want you to see how the beginning of something determines the end of something. I want you to catch this today, okay, so that we can begin to apply this principle to our lives. We want to see the fulfillment of Pentecost in the New Testament based on its beginning in the Old Testament. Now, we say a word like Pentecost, just, just humor me for a moment. Would you say that word with me? Pentecost. All right. Pentecost, this word, a strange word to our culture, simply means that a 50th day after the Passover, God gave the law, and he established that day as a day they should remember. It became known as the day of Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks in, uh, in the Hebrew culture. That 50 days, those five weeks after the, the Passover, that God took them to a holy mountain. There on that holy mountain, the mountain was shaken, the fire fell, the, the, there was a loud sound, and the law was given, and three 3,000 people died. Now, I want you to catch that this morning, that as Jesus uh, has said in the New Testament, I want you to go and wait for the promise of the Father, and it came on what day? On the day that Pentecost had fully come. Watch this. Jesus says, I'm going to send you to wait for a promise of a father of which they did not know what it was. But if they had understood the principle of the beginning reveals the end, then they could have understood what was going to happen to them on the day that the promise came. You see, they missed the promise. They missed understanding what the promise was going to be. And they received what God had for them because they were simply obedient. And a lot of times we end up in a good place because of our obedience, but we could have had more hope in the process if we understood this principle that the beginning of a matter always reveals the 
end of a matter. Are you with me this morning? Let me say it one more time. The beginning of the matter always reveals the end of a matter. So Pentecost is established in the Old Testament and the law is given. The mountain is shaken, the fire has fallen, people have died, and Pentecost is established and it's racing toward its fulfillment on the day of Pentecost. You see, all of these different things like Passover, the lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus fulfilled it as the ultimate lamb being sacrificed. Can I get an amen? So we see the beginning showed us what the end's going to look like. So the day of Pentecost, this is where I got fired up this week, Pastor Todd. I got really fired up with this because I began to see that the beginning of Pentecost revealed what was going to happen on the day of Pentecost. Let's go back and see what happened on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says they were sent to a holy mountain, the holy mountain being Sinai. When they made it to the holy mountain, the mountain shook. Watch this. The fire fell. There was a loud noise and 3,000 people were killed. Now, what does that have to do with the fulfillment of the day of Pentecost? Let me teach you this morning because the beginning always determines the end. So if this is what happened here, then we've got to see it manifest here. So on the day of Pentecost, this is what the word says. Jesus said, I tell you to go to Jerusalem. Where is Jerusalem? Mount Moriah. I'm sending you to a holy mountain to wait for the fulfillment of what I promised you in the Old Testament. Watch this now. I'm going to send you there and I'm going to fulfill what I started in the beginning and watch and see what I'm going to do. So they go to the upper room and when they get to the upper room, Pentecost has now come to its full fulfillment. And when Pentecost came to its full fulfillment, it could be but one thing. It had to mirror its beginning. Watch this. The Bible says that in the Old Testament, they went to the mountain, they went to the mountain. In the Old Testament, it says the mountain shook, and it says that the house that they were in was shaken. In the Old Testament, it said the fire fell, and in the New Testament, it said fire fell on them as cloven tongues of fire. Watch this now. It says the glory filled the mountain, and the glory filled the house. Watch this. In the Old Testament, 3,000 people were killed. In the New Testament, 3,000 people died to sin and came alive to Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Old Testament always matches up with the fulfillment in the end. Are you with me? What happens here always has to happen here. In the Old Testament, they established a kingdom of priests. In the New Testament, he said, I have made you kings and priests upon this earth because the beginning always matches the end. Are you with me? We've got truth here. Now, why does this apply to our lives? Glory to God. I'm out of breath. I was blown away as I began to see these correlations and the power of the truth that began to show that the beginning of a matter determines the end of a matter. So we come back to the realization that what we have found in all of these passages that they must begin with God. What does that have to do with where we are in this study of the pillars? I said, God, what does this have to do with this passage? God showed me, he said, go to the passage. I said, all right, in the beginning, God, in the beginning, God. He said, son, go to the last passage in the scripture from the very beginning to the very end. What do we see in all the pillars? They start with God, but they end up somewhere better for you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Revelation chapter 22, verse number 21 says that may God's grace be abound unto his people. 
You see, it always begins with God and ends up somewhere better for us. And I began to get excited because I began to understand that God's working a plan. The beginning always determines the end. The beginning always, let me say it again, reveals the end. So God laid out his master plan that would end up for our good. And, and the Bible says that Jesus was crucified from the foundations of the earth. God had a plan. God established a master plan. He built a beautiful earth. He created the way that he wanted it to be for his children. And then man showed up and man did what? Messed up. Anybody know what that's like? Some of you just messed up because you didn't confess up. Come on now. Amen. Amen. We mess things up. Man messed up and sin entered the world. But listen to me carefully. But if the entrance of sin had the power to void God's will, then sin would have had the last word in the matter. Let me just ask you this morning, can sin void God's will? That's, that's fairly strong. Let's make it a little bit stronger. Let me ask you again. Can sin void God's will? No. Sin cannot void God's will. But then let me ask you a follow-up question. If sin cannot void God's will, why do you live like your sin has voided his promises and plans for you? Because the beginning of a matter is what determines the end of a matter. And we live like we're somehow in second-rate position with God because we know we're not perfect. We know we've struggled, and we know we have problems, and we know that we keep failing, and we know that we could be here, but we're here because of our own weakness, and we live as if God's will had somehow been voided. But when you learn this principle, it will change everything. Because sin does not have the last word. The beginning determines the end. I don't know why I failed to throw this in again today. It was not in my original notes, but I keep remembering Proverbs 22 and 6. Parents learn to quote this very early on. You train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. What is that verse saying? You train them right in the beginning. No matter where they end up in the middle, I'm going to get them where they're supposed to be in the end. Why? Because the beginning is what determines the end. All right? The beginning determines the end. God established the world, watch this, and God is working toward the restoration of the world. The beginning determines the end. What will the end look like? What's the world going to look like in the end? Well, if we want to see what the world's going to look like in the end, where do, where do we need to look? The beginning. We look to the beginning. We look to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis, we get a glimpse of what Revelation chapter 21 and 22 world is going to look like. We get a glimpse. Why? Because the beginning always determines the end. Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. They always mirror. Here we go. Genesis 1 and 2. Newly created heaven and earth. Revelation 21 and 22. New heaven and new earth. Genesis 1 and 2, tree of life in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 21 and 22, tree of life on the earth. Genesis 1 and 2, there were rivers in the Garden of Eden. Revelation 21 and 22, there was a river of life flowing through the new earth. Genesis 1 and 2, there was no sin in the Garden of Eden. Revelation 21 and 22, there is no sin on the new earth. Genesis 1 and 2, there was no pain in the Garden of Eden. Revelation 21 and 22, I'm feeling this in my heart this morning. There is no pain on the new earth. Genesis 1 and 2, I don't care what the world looks like now. The beginning determines the end. Are you hearing me this morning? Genesis 1 and 2, there was no sorrow in the Garden of Eden. There will be no sorrow in Revelation 21 and 22 earth. Genesis 1 and 2, God was walking with man. Genesis 21 and 22, God will live with man. Genesis 1 and 2, angels guarded the gates of, of, of the garden. Revelation 21 and 22, angels guard the gate of heaven. Genesis 1 and 2, there was no death in the garden. And Revelation 21 and 22 gives me 
hope that death shall be followed up in hell and we shall live with him forever. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. The world is spiraling toward the completion of God's plan. Sin has not won. He has a plan, and the beginning of the matter determines the end of the matter. If the entire world throughout the ages is spiraling toward a restoration of what God desired in the beginning, how much more does God want to restore us to the plan that he established for our lives? God is working in, through, and around your life to complete restoration of his plan for you. I want you to get that. God's working for you. He that began a good work in you is also faithful to complete because the beginning determines the end. This powerful truth becomes a guiding point for us. A guiding truth that tells us that every step we take, every word we utter, everything we are should begin with God. Each new step, every time you face an opportunity, if you can't start it with God, you got a problem. If God's not welcome, you shouldn't be welcome. If people are carrying on in a way that you wouldn't want Jesus to walk in the middle of, that amen was awful weak. Come on, don't make me come down there and get it myself. I will walk down there and amen this direction. You just try me. I said we need to begin with God, and if God's not welcome, we shouldn't be there either. Can I get an amen? Amen. New relationships, if they don't make you want to spend time with God, and I'm not talking about praying, oh, God, help me, then they might not be the ones you need to be around. Your new relationships, anytime you form a new relationship, is God in the beginning of this? Because if he's not in the beginning, you don't need to expect him in the ending. New families need to be begun on God. Can I get an amen? Amen. This was not in my notes, but I'm tired of people saying, well, in this world today, we got to try each other out for a few years to see if it works. What you need to do is honor God, start your family on God, and when all the hell comes to try to destroy you, you have somewhere to run back to the beginning so it won't be ended the way the world wants. You ever have a moment when you're preaching, you say, did I say that out loud? (laughs) If we start these things with God, it will always end up in what God plans for our lives. But if we start with the wrong motivations, we will see those areas crash and burn. A lot of times we're wondering why there's no peace in our home. It's because our home's not founded on the right beginning. Don't you dare go home and say, Pastor said, we got to end this thing. Listen to my next point. I've been a lot of people's argument point. Come on, amen. What do you do if you find yourself hurtling toward a crash because you know you began wrong? Now, this is deep. Are you ready for this? Stop what you're doing. Find out what God says to do and go do it. Pastor Don, could you expound on that? No. Einstein said, you don't understand it unless you can explain it to a six-year-old. I I don't know what more than stop what you're doing if it's wrong. Find out what's right and go do it. It's that simple. That's how you found something on God. 
That's how you begin where you're supposed to begin. As you find out what God said to do, you do it there. Right where you are. You can't go back in time, but you can determine what's ahead of you. You know how they have that big easy button on those commercials? I wish I had an amen button I could push right here. Don't buy me one, though. I'll come in here next one. There'll be four of them up here. Amen. I know what some of you are thinking, though. You're thinking you had a bad beginning. I mean, some of you had a wonderful childhood, and everything was great, and you've been holy since day one. We'll talk after service. But most of us remember a simple scripture that says we're all born in sin. But some of us even had it worse. If we compare our end to our beginning, we don't want to live. Because our beginning was rough. It was sin-filled. It was painful. We saw our world fall apart. And if that's the case, we worry because if the beginning determines the end, what hope is there? But I want to take you to the greatest hope of all. The greatest truth that I saw through that, I enjoyed seeing that about Pentecost. I'd never seen that before. I've enjoyed seeing that about Genesis 1-2. And, I mean, that's, a, that's an older teaching, but, but I've enjoyed seeing that afresh and anew. But, but listen, listen to me carefully. The greatest hope in this story came on a dark night when a man came to Jesus who didn't want anybody to see him come to Jesus. And he said, Jesus, teach me. He uh, conversed with him for a moment and he finally says to Jesus, well, how then can a man enter into the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. The only way to get the right end is to have the right beginning. You must be born again. What do we celebrate? We celebrate not conception days. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate the beginning as the birthday. You must be born again. So in other words, if you want to make it to the right end, you've got to have the right beginning. You must be born again, begin again. That the greatest hope of all is that the beginning determines the end, and if you begin with Jesus, your end is going to work out. This hope that Jesus said, I can take a wrong beginning and change it in a moment. That on the day of Pentecost, I showed you exactly how that was. Under the law, they died. But the death that happened on Pentecost was they died to sin and were birthed into a new beginning. I feel Jesus in what I'm telling you today. That you can begin again. That there is hope and there is joy and there is life at a new beginning in Christ. But the problem is, we still live as if sin has voided God's will for our lives. But God sends message, a message of hope through the darkness. You can begin again because His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. Let me just give you one other passage of Scripture and I'll close today. Ecclesiastes 
And from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 7 and verse number 8, this is what it says. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Wow. God says, I'm going to find you broken, defeated, bound, and you're going to die to all that, and you're going to come alive to Christ. And where you begin is not going to compare to what you're going to look like at the end. That he that's begun the work is going to complete it. No matter what twists and turns have come to your life, when you're walking with Jesus, you have a good end in store. There's hope. There's peace. But Pastor Don, I have had the wrong beginning. Well, begin again. Start over. The beauty of God. What did Paul say? Paul said, I have to kill the deeds of my body daily. I come back and I begin again. I didn't share this with any of the services, but I'm going to share it with you today. I don't know how many times that we fought hell as a congregation. And I remember back to those first days. The, the honesty, the heart, the desire to do something for God. And I've come, and I don't know how many times I've sat right here, and my pain, my, my heart broken, and I, I don't know why we're facing what we're facing. And I don't know, it's almost always right here. I collapse right here, and I'll turn around, and I'll throw that hand up in there, and I'll say, but you, you did this. It's you. It's your plan. It's what you said to do. The right beginning. And through it all, he has only worked it all for our good. Even though we failed, I failed, there's been struggles and pains and all kind of bumps along the way, it started with a desire to serve Him. And as long as we're serving Him, we're headed the right place. How many of you could do that with your marriage that no matter what you're facing right now, you could grab hands with that person and say, we started right and we're going to find our focus back where we began and we're going to finish right. How many of you could find that place in, in your life with Jesus? You could say, I've started right, and I know I've got distracted, but my sin has not voided your promise, and I'm coming back to the center of where I'm supposed to be. I'm coming back to start, and I will do my first works over again, and I will begin again because I will finish right. It's that simple, and it's that true, because the beginning always reveals the end matter. Would you stand with me today? Every head bowed and every eye closed. God's speaking to us today. I'm not really going to qualify this long. I feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. If you're here and you know there's somewhere you need to begin again, you know there's an area of your life that you need to begin again with God right where you're supposed to. Put your hand up quickly. Get it up. Get it up. Get it up. Hands all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? I'm waiting for you in Jesus' name. Are there others? Quickly, quickly. God's dealing with your heart. You know exactly where that area is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, put your hands down. As you see, I didn't embarrass any of those, and I'm going to pray for them in just a moment, and I'm not going to embarrass anyone else as I ask this next question. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Don... You know, I, I know about Jesus, but I've never really 
began the way that I'm supposed to with him. I've never been born again. I, I may have prayed a prayer, but, but I, I didn't become new. And today I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ completely. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to begin fresh and anew with Jesus. I want to be born again. I didn't embarrass any of these other. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if, you, if that's you, I'm going to pray with you right where you are. But I want to see your hand right where you're at. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Join the many that have already responded today. Thank you. Is there another? Today's your day. Thank you, sir. Is there another? Who will join with these young men today and give their lives to Jesus Christ? Is there anyone else today? In Jesus' name. That's going to put us somewhere around 10 people, 11 today that have given their life to Christ in these services. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. God's changing lives. God's changing lives. Thank you. 12. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I want you to join hands with someone near you. God's going to change some people's lives right now forever. Let me say that again. Forever. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead, that we would be born again. We would begin again. This is your day. I would do nothing else but tell people about the love of God. What did Paul say? I'm convinced and determined to preach nothing else but Christ and Him crucified. Somebody's beginning again. I feel the love of Jesus already as these men have responded today. In this service, all men have responded. But as these men have responded, God's changing their lives forever. Ladies, if you didn't respond and I, or I didn't see your hand, it's your turn now too. It's your turn following this prayer. We're going to pray it with you because somebody prayed it with us. We're going to walk this journey with you, but it's confession of faith that will change you for all eternity. Let's pray this prayer together now. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. And in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. You see my past, my present, and my future. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, from this moment forward, my hope is in Christ. I am forgiven because of Christ. In Jesus' name, God is my Father. Heaven is my home, and I am born again. Father God, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the joy of the Lord that these that have just prayed, Lord, that's coming into their lives now, sin that has chased them, they are being forgiven and made new. They are new creatures by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we celebrate with them today that they are born again. Father, for those that are in this place that say they love you and they know you, but there are areas of their life that they've got to come back to the start. They've got to begin again. I thank you that the Holy Ghost is equipping them and the anointing of God is breaking the yokes of bondage off of their lives. And I declare they are free. They are free by the power of the Holy Spirit. I need, I need somebody to help me to declare that. They are free. One more time. They are free. One more time. They are free in Jesus' name. Now, come on, give God some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise like he deserves. People are giving their lives to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
What's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.